All right, so let's go to the Word of God today. I want to read. I'm going to read. Hopefully, it doesn't take me a long time to read this, these, these verses. Uh, these verses are very important. Uh, but, but And the reason why I want you to catch these verses is because um, I want you to get the big picture here, okay? Uh, so if you have your Bible, uh, I want you to open your Bible to the book of um, Jeremiah. Jeremiah, I haven't preached in the Old Testament in a while. Jeremiah chapter 44. And I want to begin reading from verse 15, Jeremiah chapter 44 and verse 15. It says, then all the men who were aware that their wives were burning sacrifices to other gods, along with all the women who were standing by as the large assembly, including all the people, amen, who, who were living, amen, in Pathros, in the land of Egypt responded to Jeremiah saying, as for the message that you have spoken to us in the name of the Lord, we are not going to listen to you, but rather we're certainly going to carry out the word that proceeded from our mouths by burning sacrifice to the queen of heaven and pouring out drink offerings to her, just as we ourselves, our forefathers and kings and princesses did in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. For then, when we were serving those gods, we had plenty of food, and we were well off, and we saw no misfortune. But since we stopped burning sacrifice to the devil and pouring our drink offering to her, and we have lacked, we have lacked everything and have met our end by sword and by famine. And, and said the women, when we were burning sacrifice to the queen, to the queen of heaven and were pouring out drink offerings to her, was it without our husbands that we made her sacrificial cakes in her image and poured out drink offerings to her? Then Jeremiah said to all the people, to the men and the women, even to all the people who were giving him such an answer, saying, as for the smoking sacrifice that you burned in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, you and your forefathers, your kings and your princesses and the people of the land, did not the Lord remember them and did not all this come into his mind? Verse 22, so the Lord was no longer able to endure it because of the evil of your deeds, because of the abomination which you have committed Thus, your land has become a ruin and an object of horror and a curse without inhabitants in it to this day, because here it is, you have burnt sacrifices and have sinned against the Lord and not obeyed the voice of the Lord or walked in his law, his statutes or his testimonies. Therefore, you're trying to figure out why your life falling apart. Therefore, you're trying to figure out why you curse with a curse. You're trying to figure out why life is just so bad, why you can't get along with no more. Therefore, this calamity has befalled you as it has this day. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you can stop this. Amen. Breaking the stronghold of superstition. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you can stop this. And thank God, amen. You, you 
you can stop this. Amen, 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 amen. Superstition and stronghold. I'm talking about breaking the stronghold. We talked about breaking the cycle. Now we're talking about breaking the stronghold of superstition. Superstition and stronghold go together. They're cousins. If you're not careful, you can find yourself caught up in the middle of the two. Amen. We've discussed in this series already that you can break the cycle of superstition. There's a reason why believers have a tendency towards superstition because the Christian life is often difficult, complex. We face spiritual warfare. We fight the devil. The devil is on our backs all the time from trials to triumph, but we know that we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Oftentimes, superstition boils down to what I said last week, a simple input-output equation. If I do my devotion, I'll have a good day. If I wear my cross, amen, in my rearview mirror, guess what? My car won't crash. Superstition also gives us the illusion that we are in control. The world can be a terrifying place, saints full of awful days, car accidents and uh, shootings and all kinds of stuff. And you never know if you're going to make it back home safely. But I want to tell you something. God has promised, amen, that he'll never leave us, nor forsake us. He says he will protect you going out and you're coming in from this time forth and forevermore. So instead, instead of trusting God, we turn to behaviors or new age practices which the world packages up as a way of finding peace, a belief that, amen, that it will give us protection as long as I do the right things, as long as I carry around this object with me, as long as I believe certain things, my behavior and my beliefs can give me a false sense of control over my life. Can I ask you a question? What does luck have to do with it? Amen. Oftentimes, our theological beliefs reveals to us, amen, a burden of whether or not we're really believing the truth or if we're believing a lie. The difference between a faithful behavior and superstitious behavior can be hard to discern. As there's a difference, the difference lies in the motives of our inner intentions. Now, the question is, I told you what a superstition is. What is a stronghold? According to the Bible, a stronghold is a defensive structure. It's first found in Psalm 9, where it says the Lord is a refuge. That's what a stronghold is. And uh, for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. So, so the word stronghold carries the idea of something lofty, something fortified, something like a castle. It is a tower. It's a place, amen, where you can run to and you will find safety. That's the good part, or the, or if you would, the, the good part of what a stronghold is. But a stronghold can become something of a nuance or something of a nuisance in your life. Amen. Oftentimes we may take things 
that God is trying to get rid of in our lives and we can put it in our fortress, in our fortified, uh, uh, fortified castles and we can leave it there never to let anybody touch it. Let me, let me break it down to you. It's those walls that you put up in your life where God and nobody else can get in. Amen. When you hide your superstitions and insecurities in your strongholds, the cycle will never break. What we find here in our passage today, we find that these Jews were exiled. The first, this is the first uh, trek or the first trip, amen, to Babylon. The Jews had been exiled to Babylon and Jeremiah's writing here to the remaining group, these were the poor class, the lower class people who didn't have skill or they didn't have anything to offer to Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. So he decided to leave them there, amen, with Babylonian control. The people had been there and the people seemed to have had made up their mind that before they sought the word from the Lord, that they were going to go down to Egypt to hide. They were going to go down, they were going to leave where they were, and they were going to go to Egypt. The story, though, the storyline to chapter 44 began in chapter 42. It, is, it began in chapter 42 where it's a long plea from the man of God, from God, that the people would obey God. The man of God, Jeremiah, who had been thrown into prison, he was thrown into prison. He was thrown into a cistern. He was, he was mistreated. The man of God, amen, was treated so bad, but yet they would come to the man of God to ask for advice. The people, amen, were, uh, they, they, they were, they were going to be free, but, but, but they kept on disobeying God without regard to the consequences. In chapter 42, it began, amen. In chapter 42, verse 10, it says, if you will indeed stay in this land. See, they wanted to go to Egypt. Jeremiah went and prayed to God. Jeremiah waited 10 days, amen, 10 verses, 10 days. And he went to them and said, listen, y'all, this is God's answer. This is what God says. God says, if you will indeed stay in the land, I'm trying to help somebody watch this. Sometimes you're trying to get out of a situation that looks so bad. You know, I'm talking about you've prayed and God hasn't moved, but he has moved. He has answered. And his answer is stay where you are until I come deliver you. The problem is oftentimes when we face difficulties in life, we want to change locations when God says, I want to change you right where you are, watch this, so that you can learn and know that I am in control. Do I have anybody? Chapter 42, verse 10, they said, if indeed, so the man of God is pleading with them, if indeed you will stay in the land, then I will build you up, watch this, and not tear you down. Remember, 
The rest of the people are in Babylon. They are in Jerusalem. They are contemplating because life is hard that they were going to go down. Whenever you leave Jerusalem, you're going down. Amen. It is about a 50 to 100 mile journey down to Egypt. Watch this. In the dry, dusty, long trek, amen, into Egypt. And God told them, he answered their prayer. I believe that sometimes when God answers our prayer, we don't like the answer. He says, I will plant you and not uproot you. I will be, I will relent concerning the calamity that I have inflicted on you. But when you get to verse 13 of chapter 42, it says, but if you're going to say, we will not stay in this land so as to listen to the voice of the Lord your God, go to verse 15, then in that case, listen to the word of the Lord, O remnant of Judah. Remnant means the remaining part. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. I, if you really set your mind to enter Egypt and go in to reside there, my question is, why was they so adamant about going to Egypt? Here's the reason why. First of all, they wanted relief. Second of all, they were superstitious, and it came from the generation past that told them that if they go back to worshiping idols, that they would be better off than they are with the God that they were currently serving. The enemy will try to get you to believe, amen, that what you're doing is not right, but you've got to hold on and believe that no matter how hard it gets, that God, come on and help me somebody, that God is going to take care of you no matter what it looks like. The text is so revealing, and I told you I got a lot of ground to cover today, because when I look at the text, it says in verse 19, the Lord has spoken to you, O remnant, do not go to into Egypt. You shall certainly understand that today I have testified against you. Go to chapter 42, 43. It says, Azariah, <clears throat> the son of Hosiah, and Joanna, the son of Kirah, and all the arrogant men, look, look at it now, watch me now, watch where I'm going with this, said to Jeremiah, first of all, catch it, they asked Jeremiah to pray for him. I've, I've been here before as a pastor. Folk asked me to pray for them. I pray for them. They get their answer. And then guess what? They do the total opposite of what I've shared that God is trying to share with them. They don't like the answer. Listen, let me tell you something. Life ain't always going to be comfortable. But the text says, and all the arrogant men said to Jeremiah, you are telling a lie. They call the preacher a lie. The Bible said, don't bring a charge against God's elect unless you got two or three witnesses. I've been called a lie before. The Lord, our God, has not sent you to say you are not to enter to reside there. Can you imagine that they prayed, they got an answer, and then they called the preacher a liar? Can I ask you a question? And what did they do? They went down to Egypt. Disobedience to God carries a penalty that many of us are not willing to pay. Amen. We ask for advice and pray, and then we don't believe because we have not broken the strongholds 
of superstition and stubbornness. We get to chapter 44 and Jeremiah is telling them what will happen to them if they disobey God. Here's the point. We can be so deceived that we live in denial. Even when the truth is being presented and you see the consequences, not in your life, but in the people around you, but you still insist that you want to do whatever you want to do. Do I have a witness here today? We get to chapter 15 of, 40, of 44, and it says that all the men who were aware, watch this now, these men allowed their wives. Listen, this is what I call bad leadership. You see, here's the thing. If you don't have a man leading you, how can you lead a wife? Amen. If you're not obeying God's word, how do you expect your wife to obey God's word? But I believe their wives talked them back into this foolishness. The text says, and they, then all the men who were aware that their wives were burning sacrifice to other gods. Now, these were Jewish men. These were men of God. They knew God. They saw what God can do. Do I have anybody? Isn't that amazing how our superstitions and our strongholds can trump the word of God that we can sometimes go back to doing what God has delivered us from? I want to say to somebody here today, I ain't going back. Amen. Because I remember how hard life was without God. But let me tell you something. The devil will try to hoodwink you. The devil will try to convince you that doing wrong is right. And I want to tell you something. Let me tell you the right thing you can do. When you hear from God, obey his word. And when you obey his word, watch this. It may not come when you want it, but it's going to show up right on time. We get to chapter 44, verse 15. It says these men knew what their wives were doing. It says, and along with all the women who were standing by, that's some single women. See, these women got together. I don't know what kind of party they had, but you got to remember now, they were talking about going and worshiping the goddess of sex. They were getting ready to go back into Jerusalem, and they felt like the reason why they got carried away to Babylon is because they were cursed. But it wasn't because they were cursed. It's because Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for a future and a hope. You see, they messed up. And let me tell you something. For every action, there's a reaction. For every disobedience, there is a punishment. And what God was telling them is that you're going to be punished for 70 years, whether you like it or not, but I'm still going to bless you while you go in exile. But you might as well get comfortable. But check this out. But this group, did not go in. They stayed in Jerusalem. Watch this. God told them he was going to bless them right there in Jerusalem, but they took matters into their own hands. May I ask you a question? Are you taking matters in your own hands? Are you interpreting the word the way you want to interpret the word? Are you following your own advice and not the advice of the man of God that God has placed in your life to give you direction so that you will not deny his word? Can I get a witness? I want to say to somebody here, you can change this. The situation that you're in right now is because you have disobeyed God's word. You want to live the way you want to live. You want to be a baller, a shot caller. You want to be a pimp and a 
prostitute or whatever you want to be, but I want to tell you something today. God is going to deliver you if you put your hand. I don't even know why I said that. God's going to put God is going to bless you and God's going to pull you out of whatever you're trying to be. Some people want to be in the predicament they're in because they don't want to follow nobody. They don't want to listen to nobody. They are stubborn and stiff-necked. And God is saying, follow my word. And if you follow my word, I will bless you beyond what you can even imagine. Do I have a witness? We get to chapter 44. We get to verse 16. It says, now the people responded to Jeremiah. You see it? The text says, the large assembly, including all the people who was living in Pathos in the land of Egypt, responded to Jeremiah. Look what they said. They said, as for the message, like I'm preaching right now, watch this, that you have spoken to us. Guess what, bro? In the name of the Lord, we are not going to listen to you. I ain't listening to you. You can't tell me what to do. You ain't my pastor. You ain't God. You put your pants on just like I put my pants on. I'm the man of my own house. So guess what? I ain't listening to you. So how do you break this cycle? How do you break this stronghold? Let me tell you how. First thing you got to do is recommit to obeying God's word. That's the first thing you got to do. When you make up in your mind that you are not going to listen to the message, you have basically made a deliberate Watch this decision that you are not going to obey God's word. May I ask you a question? Are you in stubborn denial to God's word? Are you rejecting what God is saying and you're taking it as a man talking to you and not as God speaking to you? What you have been introduced to that's not in the word of God or the will of God. May I ask you that? Who are you hanging around that you're listening to that they're trying, and you got to watch out for them women, them women who have fallen away from the Lord. You got to watch out for them men too. But let me tell you something. Women got more influence on a man when it comes down to the word of God. Babe, we ain't going to that church. I don't like that church. But baby, pastor's preaching the truth. But guess what? Uh, uh, I like this church better. So guess what? You know, then you get in conflict and the man who gives in all the time, most of the time, will say, no, all right, baby, I'll do what you want because, you know, I just want you to be happy. Don't be happy and be miserable. Do you, you hear me? Amen. Stand for what's right. And brother, if you know that the word that you're getting is right, don't be running to nowhere else. Amen. If you know it's right, if you know that that's where you're being fed, then you stay there. Amen. And let me ask you something. Maybe you prayed and it didn't turn out the way you wanted to, and you sought advice from, advice from God's man. God answered, and you just don't like the answer. So guess what you do? You disobey his word. Let's move on. Verse 17. Verse 17 says, but rather, look what it says now, we certainly, we will certainly carry out every word, watch this now, that proceeds out of, man, do, do you see this? See, when you and I are caught up in superstition and strongholds, we start thinking that we got a word or that what we say trump God's word. Look what it says, by burning sacrifice, we're going to do what we want. We're going to burn sacrifice to the queen of heaven, watch this now, and pour out drink offerings to her, idols, just as we ourselves, our forefathers, you see what I'm saying? Our kings and our princesses did in the cities of Judah. Watch this. And in the streets of Jerusalem. In other words, they're saying, I'm going back to what the culture is doing. I watch Jay-Z and Beyonce climb, and they look like they're doing real good because they're worshiping the third eye or they got this, or they doing that. But may I say this to you? You better be careful 
because what looks good ain't always good. You better watch out Snoop smoking all that weed and telling you it's all good. Let me tell you something. There's a consequence that go along with that. Look what it says. They said, watch what they said. They said, suddenly, watch this. We're going to go back to this. So the next thing you got to do, you ready? Write this down. Write this down. He said, but, but rather we will suddenly carry out every word that proceeds out of our mouth. Second point is this. You got to recognize, write it down, rebellion as a stronghold. Oh, it got quiet. I hear the crickets. Rebellion, rebellion, the Bible says, you ready for this? Is as witchcraft. Rebellion, when you decide to do what your mouth say and what not what not what God says, it is rebellion. But it's a stronghold. Your stronghold may be rebellion. Your stronghold may be you not wanting any advice. And I want to say to somebody here, the reason why you can't release the rebellion because you're superstitious, because you start thinking, man, when I was doing this, when I was stealing from the job, I had more money. <laughs> when I was partying and drinking and, and doing all this stuff and going to job, I was good. So guess what? What's wrong with it now? See, that's what you call a stronghold. That's what you call deception. The queen of heaven refers to Istra, the goddess of war and fertility, who was worshipped with explicit sexual activity. And that's what these people were saying, that they were prospering when they were doing wrong. Let's go on. It says, it says for then we had what? plenty, watch this now, of food and were well off and saw no misfortune. Listen, I can see how easy it is for us to think that doing wrong, watch this, that you're doing wrong and you're prospering. But let me say this to you, that rope has an end. That road leads to a dead end. So here's my next point. You ready? recognize deception as a stronghold. God had told them they would be destroyed. Listen to this. They didn't believe God's word. Just like some of us, we don't believe what we read. Oh, this book was just written, you know, uh, 2,000 years ago. That ain't for me. That, that's the Old Testament. Uh, uh, the New Testament doesn't say you got to pray, you got to do this. You, no, 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 no. We, we, here's the thing. God told them that they would be destroyed if they go into Egypt, and if they stay here, they would be successful. But yet they did not recognize the superstitious stronghold and the deception that they were under. The devil will deceive us into thinking that doing wrong is right. I want to help you with something. Pay attention because the devil is out to deceive you. Do I have anybody? The text goes on to say in verse 18, now I'm going to cut through the grass, verse 18 to 22, but I'm just going to read verse, verse 18. It says, but since we've stopped, this is a good point for somebody right here, because somebody you're trying, someone listening right now, you're trying to figure out, here's what you're trying to figure out. Why is my life falling apart? 
Why is things happening to me like this? Why, why is it happening to me? I say, why not you? But watch this. Watch this now. Watch the text. Now you got to watch the text very careful, carefully. But since we have stopped burning sacrifices, now listen to me now. These were God's people who were caught up in the culture. They were doing crystals. They were reading their tarot cards. They were burning incense. They were burning candles. They were, they were, they, they were doing all kinds of new age. They were getting in touch with the UFOs and they, they were doing all kinds of craziness, all types of things idol worship and all the stuff that was an abomination to God. And then they convinced themselves, watch this now, that since they had stopped burning sacrifice to the queen of heaven and pouring out drink offerings to her, we have lacked what? Everything. See, what they missed is this. They weren't lacking air. <laughs> They, they, they wasn't lacking protection. They, they, they may have lacked some provision in the moment, but see, don't base everything that you do with God as transactional. That if I do this, God got to do this for me. Do I have a witness? So you got to recommit to obeying God's word. You got to recognize rebellion as a stronghold. You got to recognize deception as a, as a stronghold. But what? write this down. You got to remember why things really went bad. <laughs> it went bad because when God told you to stay in Jerusalem, you went to Egypt. Listen, and then you get, then you're so deceived that you say, well, since we stopped giving that sacrifice, since we stopped smoking weed, since we stopped hanging out, since we stopped doing all these superstitious things, Guess what, Pastor? I gave up my John the Conqueror route. I threw away my cross. I, I threw away all them tarot cards. And now my life is falling apart. Man, I say this to you, that's far from the truth. You got to remember why things really went bad. You know why it went bad? Because you and I, possibly, we have disobeyed God's word. Don't let the devil continue to deceive you. It went bad. Watch this. As God had predicted. And let me tell you something. God told you it was going to end up like this. This wasn't left in the dark. You know that if you don't do what's right, you know what you're going to do. He says you will be cursed with a curse. Didn't he say that? But you didn't believe him because you thought possibly that this word was playing. But God says, amen, you better take me at my word because the very thing that you think will not happen to you will happen to you. You said, so how do I fix this problem? Tell your neighbor, you can do this. Tell your neighbor, you could do this. Tell your neighbor, you can do this. Lastly, my last point, verse 23. He said, because you have not obeyed God, but burnt sacrifice, watch this now, and what? And have sinned against God, the Lord and not obeyed his voice. May I say this to you this morning? You got to listen to somebody's voice. And if you're not obeying, there's no way to slice it or dice it. There's no way for me to cut it up or, or, or make it up. There's no way for me to lay it on you real light. The only way I can say it is if I say it, and I got to say what the word says. 
The Bible says it went bad for you <laughs> because you started burning sacrifices. You sinned against the Lord and not obeyed the voice of the Lord. And watch this, and walked in his law, his statutes and his testimonies. Therefore, this calamity has befallen you. Why are you sick? Why are you broke? Why are you broken? Why, why is it that you can't see a way out of nowhere? Why is it you can't get along with your spouse? Why have your children forsaken you? Why are you living such a defeated life? Because maybe you've been deceived. Maybe you're not obeying God's word, but my last point is this, and I got to sit down. Ready? Return. Return and recommit to the Lord and obey his voice and his word. Let me read it one more time. Let me give it to you one more time. Return and recommit. I could have just said that to the Lord and obey. I just, I had to get that piece. I didn't want to put another point and obey his voice and his word. Listen to me. The only way to break it, the stronghold is to return. Somebody here today, I want to tell you something. You got to you got to listen to God's law, which is his word, his statues, which, you know, his statues means God has a certain way that he wants you to live. OK, now watch this. Testimonies is you looking to God's word and saying and it's all the word. Right. And saying, OK, he says, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. That's his testimony. But that's also a promise. And then when you hear a word, you got to walk in that word. You got to walk it out. You got to live it out. But you can't do that if you're living in rebellion, if you're living in deception, and if you don't remember why things really went bad. Things. Listen, I want you to pinpoint real quick. I want you to do me a favor. Take a inventory real quick. When did it go bad for you? When you stopped listening to God. When you stop going to church, come on and help me, somebody. When you stop doing what you, when you stop giving, when you stop serving, all that. And the only way to, the only way to break this cycle of superstition and strong, the stronghold of superstition is to return to the Lord. Mercury is a very hot, is very hot. And Pluto is very cold. Why is Mercury so hot and Pluto so cold? Well, Mercury is really close to the sun. And Pluto is very far away from the sun. The further you get from the sun, the colder things become. But the closer you get to the, to the sun, amen, the hotter they get. Question is, what type of Christian are you? Are you a superstitious Christian or a spiritual Christian? Well, you may say, I'm neither. I'm neither a Mercury Christian or Pluto Christian. Then maybe you're an Earth Christian, where things get hot and cold in your life, you know, because on Earth, things get hot and cold. Or maybe, maybe you're kind of a seasonal Christian, full-time, 
part-time, sometime, springtime, summertime, wintertime. But God is looking for some Mercury Christians. People who want to get close to the S-O-N, not the S-U-N, and stay hot all the time. The only way that you can break this cycle is you got to stay close to the S-O-N. Amen. God bless you. God keep you as my prayer.